0: Why do some religious people close themselves off to the world and avoid engagement with those less observant? Welcome to the Transformative Duff, my name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman, today we are on page 77 of Tractate Exhibas, and we learn the importance of leaving the bubble and infusing this physical, material world with heavenly energy. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Harusset today. I like to begin with a story. When Rabbi Yeshua Ben-Levi reached his allotted time on earth, they said to the angel of death, Go and see how he wishes to be escorted. The angel of death went and appeared to him. Rabbi Yeshua Ben-Levi said to him, Show me my place in heaven. Very well, replied the angel. Rabbi Yeshua then said to him, Give me your knife of death, lest you frighten me along the way, which he did. Upon their arrival, he lifted Rabbi Yeshua above the gate and showed him his final resting place. But before the angel could stop him, Rabbi Yeshua had jumped over to the other side. The angel, however, managed to grab him by the corner of his cloak. Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi declared, "I swear that I will not come back with you." The angel didn't know what to do and turned to God for assistance. The Holy One blessed me, he said, "If he ever in his life requested to annul an oath, he must return to this world with the angel of death, as he can have his oath dissolved this time also. But if he has never requested annulment." He need not return. Since Rabbi Yeshua had in fact never requested dissolution of an earth, he was allowed to stay in heaven. The angel of death said to him, At least give me my knife back. But Rabbi Yeshua refused as he didn't want any more people to die. A divine voice emerged and said, Give it to him as it is necessary to kill the created beings. Death is the way of the world. Suddenly, Eliyahu Hanavi took Rabbi Yeshua by the hand and began leading him through heaven announcing make way for the son of Levi, make way for the son of Levi. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi then encountered Rabbi Shimon Yochai sitting on 13 golden thrones. Rabbi Shimon asked him, are you the son of Levi? Yes, I am, Rabbi Yeshua replied. Rabbi Shimon said, did a rainbow ever appear during a lifetime? Yes, it did, Rabbi Yeshua replied. Well, if that's the case, Rabbi Shimon responded, you are not the son of Levi. For everyone knows that a rainbow is a sign of Hashem's forbearance. He might wish to destroy humankind due to their iniquities, but he reminds himself of his promise to Noah never to destroy the world again. The complete sadik shoulders the burden of his generation and is constantly praying to dispel their sins. Therefore, there is no need for a rainbow during his lifetime, as there is no sin prompting God to re- consider a restart. Nevertheless, the truth is that no rainbow was indeed seen during Rebbe lifetime but his utter humility would not allow him to take any credit for such an extraordinary happening. Very few individuals in history have entered heaven alive. Most famous, of course, was Eliyahu Hanavi, who ascended to heaven in a chariot of fire. Thus it comes as no surprise that he was the one who greeted Rebbe Yeshua and accompanied him in the supernal world. We are familiar with the miracles that Eliyahu performed during his life on earth. But what accounted for Rabbi but Levy's incredible merit to enter heaven alive? Let's look at today's Gemara. One who let blood and immediately afterward engaged in marital relations will have weak children. If both of them let blood and then engaged in marital relations, they will have children affected with Roa-san. Repapa said, We said this only if he did not taste anything in between, but if he tasted something, we have no issue with it. What are the symptoms of roa his eyes water, his nose runs. Drool comes out of his mouth and flies rest upon him. Rabbi Yochanan would announce, be careful of the flies found on those afflicted with Ra's son. Rabbi Zeri would not sit in a spot where the wind blew from the direction of someone afflicted with Ra's son. Rabbi Laza wouldn't enter the tent of one afflicted with Ra's and Rabbi Amin and Rabbi Asi would not eat eggs from a street on which someone afflicted with Ra's lived. Rabbi Shub Levi, however, would learn Torah with them saying, The Torah is a loving, deer and a graceful doe. If it bestows grace on those who learn it, does it not protect them from illness? Rabbi Haninah bar Papa was a friend of the angel of death and would see him frequently. When Rabbi Haninah was on the verge of dying, they said to the angel of death, Go and perform his bidding. He went before him and appeared to him. He said to the angel, Leave me for thirty days until I have reviewed my studies. For they say, Happy is he who comes here to heaven with his learning in his hand. He left him and after thirty days he again went and appeared before him. He said to the angel of death, show me my place in heaven. He said to him, very well. Rabbi Hanina said to him, give me your knife lest you frighten me on the way. The angel of death said to him, do you wish to do to me as your friend Rabbi Yeshua did and escape? He said to him, bring a Torah scroll and see, is there anything written in it that I did not fulfill? He said to him, but did you attach yourself to those afflicted with rasan and study Torah as he did? Let's analyze the Gemara. In ancient times, it was popular to let blood from time to time. Thank God we've come a long way. Nowadays, we understand the value of blood, which the Torah calls life itself. The only time we voluntarily release blood is in order to share it with other human beings so we can grant them life. Nevertheless, bloodletting in those days was thought to be important to maintain proper bodily health. When a person engages in bloodletting, serving his bodily needs, and then immediately proceeds with marital relations, the bricer warns us that it's dangerous. Intimate relations may be the holiest act or the coarsest behavior. If one's entire intention is the fulfillment of the desires of the flesh, from bloodletting to relations, that will have negative consequences. Nonetheless, Repapa informs us that doing a mitzvah as simple as eating in between will, will resolve the matter. Why? Eating connects the physical world with the spiritual. When a person eats, the food is transformed into energy that enables him to serve heaven. One has thus elevated the food from the physical realm to the spiritual realm. And so at that moment, he's managed to switch gears from serving the flesh to living a godly existence. And the marital relations will be energized from a pure source. Engaging in relations purely to serve physical desires, says the Gemara, portends disastrous results for the children who are produced. As they are beginning their lives, their very conception, on the wrong foot. One of the symptoms of Raasan is flies hovering around. The Chidah teaches that flies symbolize the Yetzirah, our internal tempter. One is afflicted with Rahasan when he only sees Ro'er in Hebrew, temporary pleasures, and ignores long-term spiritual concerns. Rabbi Yaakov Emden writes that most of the rabbis would stay far away from such people for fear that the people's negative spiritual energy might rub off on them. The one exception was Rabbi Yeshua Ben-Levi, who maintained that the merit of Torah would protect him. The Lahorist Nasan explains that a person who is completely devoted to spirituality is unaffected by the impurities of this world. Rabbi Yeshua's complete divestment from the pleasures of this world made him entirely spiritual, thus enabling him to enter heaven in his body. Just like Rapapa's example of the mitzvah of eating, our purpose in this world is to fuse the physical with the spiritual. Some people will get caught in the net of physicality and spend a lifetime in pursuit of the desires of the flesh. Others will shun the physical world and create a sanctuary, a sacred space to devote themselves to spirituality and avoid the world around them. The ultimate Jew goes out into the world, draws down spirituality into the mundane and elevates the physical. That was Rebbe Yeshua. He was not afraid to go out and meet his brothers and sisters who were far removed from spirituality, because for him there were no barriers between the physical and spiritual realms. That's the meaning of entering heaven in a body. When you've elevated your body to such an extent that you fuse the physical and spiritual worlds, your entire being can enter heaven. Just like Eliyahu who dedicated his life to going out into the world and attempting to win back the hearts and minds of his wayward brethren, Rebbe Yeshua wasn't afraid to face the world and infuse it with spirituality. Rev. dessler teaches that the reason for the Angel of Death's inability to overpower Rebbe Yishul Levi was that in his capacity as the Satan, he had tried numerous times throughout Rabbi Yishu's life to entice him to sin. Every time, Rebbe Yishul was victorious. When we overcome the Satan's efforts, says Reb D'Esler, it's a win-win. As an agent of heaven, he would also like to see us succeed and pass the tests and trials that he sends our way. The more tests that we pass, the more he is able to challenge us. Consequently, he maintained a debt of gratitude to Rebbe Yashua for keeping him in business and allowing him to fulfill his divine mission. Once in heaven, who does Reb Yashua meet? Rabbi Shimon Bayuchai, the rabbi who spent 13 years secluded in a cave learning Torah, represented by 13 golden thrones upon which he sat in heaven. Originally, Rabbi Shimon had only planned to spend 12 years in the cave, but upon his first attempt to re-enter into society... He could not relate to regular human beings, he found them too worldly, and so he returned to the cave for a thirteenth year, where he worked on accepting and internalizing the Torah's concept that the Torah was not given to angels, but was meant to be fulfilled here in this world. Nevertheless, in contrast with many of his colleagues, he still felt that one should be entirely occupied with Torah and not engaged with earthly pursuits. As far as Rabbi Shimon understood, one could not be a perfect tzaddik while out there in the world dealing with materiality and sinful people. There's no way you could have acted like that and avoided the appearance of the rainbow, was what he was effectively telling Rabbi yeshua Although one can afford to be confrontational in the ivory tower of the four walls of the base medrash, Rabbis who engaged in outreach like Rabbi Yeshua understood that sometimes you just need to smile and avoid unnecessary conflict, and so Rabbi Yeshua humbly nodded his head to the rainbow question without debating the matter. It's a rare individual who can enter heaven in a body, but that doesn't mean we can't strive to follow Rabbi Yeshua's example and engage with those who have been afflicted spiritually. Most of our brothers and sisters today weren't fortunate to have been born into observance, And many of those who were given the right opportunities sadly made choices that prioritized their flesh over their spirit. It's not for anyone to judge. But that doesn't mean that we simply turn a blind eye. If we're personally strong enough, then we must do our very best to teach Torah to all. That's easier said than done. Most people don't like to stick out like a sore thumb. They'd rather blend in and go with the flow. When they're in their religious communities, they're happy to shine with spirituality, but then they go out into the world and feel awkward and uncomfortable with their religious identity. They'll put on a baseball cap or remove their yarmulke. They'll tuck in their tzitzis. Some might even order a fruit salad when they find themselves in a business lunch situation. That's why the Baal Shem Tov introduced the idea of Hasidim adopting a distinctive form of dress. He wanted to ensure that his followers could never hide their Jewish identity. That's an essential prerequisite to dealing with the physicality and materialism of this world without being influenced and affected. If you want to be able to reach out to our brethren and impact their spiritual lives, first you need to be solid and unwavering in your own identity and commitment. Hashem placed you into this world to impact the world. When you maintain your personal spirituality in a mundane physical world, you imbue your physical body with spirituality and transform it into something divine. May you merit fusing the physical with the spiritual and entering heaven in a chariot of fire, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Daf Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Daf Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe, to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaic Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf. she who she